Welcome to episode 17 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Kevin Dexter. And today, Robin's Reckoning. Yep. So fucking stoked. These, some of the best episodes we've watched. I think so. I would say. Like, they are amazing. Like, I, I've always enjoyed uh, episodes with Robin, because I think that this show has done a great job of showing why Batman keeps him around. Like, one, he's good at what he does, and two, he's he's a good foil to Batman. You know, Batman's right. always so serious that the times when they're out on patrol together and we see them, Robin knows how to push his buttons and be kind of light and funny right. and flippant. Well, you, you know that's actually why Robin became came to birth in the series, is because they needed that other character. The original writer, I don't remember his name right now. Bill Finger? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, there was an interview right. with him, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, decades ago. And they were asking the question, why Robin? Why does he yeah. exist? And his answer, which I think is hilarious, is he was just tired of writing thought bubbles. <laughs> um, with Batman, obviously Batman emerged uh, as a cross between Sherlock Holmes and Zorro. Sha- uh and the shadow was the shadow before Batman. I don't know. Ah, oh, fuck it. Who cares? Um, like Zorro was a huge inspiration. But yeah, for, yeah. Uh, so kind of putting these two characters together, and uh, he was talking about how you know Sherlock has his Watson, mm-hmm. so he has someone to talk to, and we see his thought process through oh, dialogue. Yeah, <clears throat> and like Alfred was there, but you know he couldn't be on patrol with right. Batman. Uh, and obviously in the 30s and 40s, they had no way of like on the go communication. That's true. Yeah. They didn't have uh, walkie talkie. Well, they had walkie talkies, but yeah. Yeah. They were big. Mm-hmm. They need like a backpack. Yeah. I mean, Batman could fit it on his belt. That's but true. Uh, Robin's emergence was just so he it's just so Batman could talk to someone in the original That's comics. So that was funny. his only like use was just yeah. for dialogue. But obviously, as the character evolved and the relationship evolved, he, oh my gosh, I'm going to find quote really fast because I'm a nerd and I brought a book with me. I mean, I totally respect that. Um, blah, 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 blah. Cut this out, cut this out, cut this. Um, I'll think about it. <laughs> Maybe. They didn't, there was no plan to change the comic because obviously the original Batman was super dark. Yeah. Uh, Golden Age is, you know, a very dark world and they didn't ever plan on changing that. But with the use of Robin, they just kind of emerged from that mm-hmm. like didn't it was never foreseen for batman to be this lighter character to be a mentor a father figure but you know with robin it changed the entire world it humanized batman so that was was really cool well it, it, it get like you said it gives him a foil but <clears throat> yeah it gives him a different role to take on and it kind of forces him to reflect on his own darkness that he it kind of keeps him from getting lost in himself and in his mission because he is responsible for another right. person. He's brought another person into this this crazy world, and um, it kind of keeps him accountable. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a mirror holding up to his own actions. Well, it's also it's for Batman. It's him seeing his wish fulfilled. Wait, which wish? Or, sorry, not wish. Hopes. Okay. Hope of like a better Gotham. Like this is the first step. Is someone else wants to clean it up? Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. Like he's, he's inspiring see, yeah. people. So Robin obviously is a huge character in the series yeah. in this, in t- in this I, universe i i love him you know I, I think in some ways like robin is the epitome of the sidekick character and as a result 
because he hasn't really been done great in the broadest, like the the most highest of reaching mainstream versions, right? Mm-hmm. Like basically the movies, live action, live action, animated movies. movies they yeah handle them pretty well. yeah, but that the idea of like the sidekick has become. A, a trope and one that's kind of often mm-hmm. made fun of, but you know, this show and a lot of the comics showed like, well, no, Robin has a lot of real purpose yeah, and is a great character. And I mean, this is essentially just a straight adaptation of his origin. Mm-hmm. Like I think was what, what was his um, intro? I think he premiered in, I wrote down somewhere. Detective Comics number 38. Thank you. I got lost in my notes. But yeah, this is like, a, okay, yeah, that's right, number 38. Basically, this is a straight adaptation mm-hmm. of that story through and through. Um, a, a little different. They they focus on different points, which I'll talk about at the end of the episode. Sure. Okay. But yeah, it's like, um, but right from the beginning of the episode, uh, they're out on patrol and they're at a construction site trying to catch an extortion ring that's going to sabotage this thing. And and even when they're hanging out there, they have this great banter back and forth. And, mm-hmm. you know, it gives a chance for Batman to be really kind of dry. Yeah. Which is fun. He does have a sense of humor, which normally he would see with Alfred, but here he actually gets to do it as Batman. And it's pretty fun. They see all the saboteurs who go into the site, taking apart the construction stuff. And so they, uh, they swoop in for what is a really great fight sequence. Right. Actually, like it's, it's, um, really well orchestrated like batman's tussling with a couple guys up on a girder robin's on like a, a a cable hung wooden platform they're fighting back and forth guys are falling off and landing on the things they're getting caught on objects one guy's got a nail gun he's firing at robin like but the worst aim by the way well, none of these guys have good aim i know but he was he was aim so robin is dangling on a on a beam and the, nail, oh, the yeah. guy with the nail gun comes and instead of shooting Robin. The, the wimp body yeah. that isn't moving, he's trying to shoot his fingers. He shoots around the fingers. Yeah. And then... <laughs> like, you have the biggest target that's not moving. Yeah. Just, he's just hang, he literally just hanging there. Yeah. Well, he's clearly kind of an idiot because somehow he missed Batman swinging on a wrecking ball and just yeah. knocking the shit out of him. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, most of the guys end up getting away, but it's fine. They got one guy who's hanging there. That's all they really need. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Batman asks him who his boss is, and he says it's Billy Marin, which doesn't mean anything to Robin, but Batman recognizes the name and basically just tells Robin, you're sitting this one out, go home, stay there, don't ask any questions, I don't want you involved in this. And Robin's like, well, what, what does the he shit? do? He asks questions. He asks questions. Like, dude, why are you being such an ass bat? And... So we're like wondering, well, what is Batman keeping from Robin as he tears off in the Batmobile and leaves <clears> Robin <throat> behind? And so Robin looks up the name Billy Marin and realizes it's an alias for Tony Zuko. And yep. we don't know what it means, but it clearly means a lot to Robin. Um, so then we go to a flashback to when he's a kid. He's at Haley's Circus with the Flying Graysons. It's all smiles and rainbows. Right. Now. They're very, very beautiful flashbacks in this episode. They are. Yeah. The animation. Especially in on part it. one. Oh, the, yeah. Almost the entire episode is in flashback. Yeah, both episodes have tons of flashback sequences, and then mm-hmm. they're, the show is always gorgeously animated, but this one especially, really, really nice. And so we see that Zuko is trying to basically get a protection racket going with Haley Circus. Uh, Zuko, voiced by Thomas L. Wilson, a.k.a. Biff from Back to the Future. Yes, I know that one. Perfect, perfect casting here, because yeah. he just got that, he knows how to do that kind of smarmy, whiny, annoying voice like he thinks he's really cool but he's not like yeah, you he, know make like a tree and get out of here exactly yeah it's it's absolutely perfect for the character and Haley tells him screw off i don't want anything to do with your protection i don't need i don't need you so mm-hmm. zuko basically scores one of the ropes uh and then we jump to 
uh, like a big event's going on. Bruce is in attendance. The Graysons are flying back and forth. Yeah. The rope it's is- actually a charity, obviously. Of charity course it event, is. Batman only goes um, to charities. Hosted by <laughs> Bruce for like Carnies, I think. Probably. It's probably something like that. Yeah. It's like Carnies go to college or something. But so. Carney to college program. Yeah. You know, that, it- that famous Gotham program. Yeah. <laughs> They'll go to Gotham U or what's left of it after it gets burned down. Right. Well, this is a flashback. It hasn't burned down yet. It's probably burned down at least once before. Yeah. It's constantly needing to get rebuilt. But so the uh, yeah, the Graysons are swinging back and forth. Both they and us are left in suspense. I'm not going to acknowledge that. Yeah, don't. It's terrible. <laughs> and uh, when the rope actually snaps, we don't see them fall. It's all done through kind of implied. We just see the rope dangling free. Oh, it was and beautiful. That, it, that moment. With it is. Music, because uh, it's, a, it's a moment of silence when they do that final swing. Mm-hmm. So you're holding your breath. And then... Very, I related this to Disney movies do a very similar thing because obviously you can't show death, but you see the silhouette of uh, mom and pop Grayson swing, and as the silhouette disappears, you just see the broken rope swing into frame. It's incredible. It's uh, and that was actually uh, from the animation company. I don't remember who animated this one. Oh, but um, they were talking about, or I, I read this article about what. Bruce Tim initially wanted to do, and he wanted to actually show them on the ground. Oh wow! From Robin's perspective, so they would be far on the ground, so he'd still be on the on the trapeze. Mm-hmm. And I obviously that would have been very painful to see. Yeah, and probably not allowed on a children's show. But they were always trying to push the boundaries on this one. Yeah, always I, trying. Mm-hmm. Again, it shows though when your hands are tied, creativity. Yeah. Like what can come out of that is incredible. And I, I actually really like the way they end up doing it there where it's just uh, the rope, everyone's reaction. Mm-hmm. We know what happens, but <clears throat> we don't have to it, see it really it. reminded me of, um, uh, in Tarzan when uh, I haven't seen Tarzan in such a long time. Okay. At least you've seen it. Is that when the villain, when Clayton, uh, yeah. hangs himself. Oh yeah. On, and we, you just see the vines. silhouette. Yeah. Well, you, you just see the vines get tight snap. Yeah. Go yeah. taut. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah. Uh, and then you see a crack of thunder and you see the silhouette in the background. Yeah. Crack of lightning. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I do remember. That's like the one piece I remember from, from Tarzan. Mm-hmm. It scarred me for life. Yeah. It's yeah. dark. That yeah. Happens. This reminded me of that. Yeah. So Dick doesn't have anyone to go to, but uh, the bigger problem is that he's a witness and Zuko might come after him. So Bruce decides to take him in, but he needs to figure out what happened to Zuko. So he, he goes off, this is still in the flashback, uh, in disguise, looking for information. He figures out that he's hanging out with uh, good old Stromwell. His uncle. Yes, a.k.a. Cromwell, yep. according to this podcast. Yeah, so Batman goes after him and almost gets Zuko at Cromwell's house, but he just escapes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also do love, too, we get to see a retro-style Batsuit. I didn't notice that. You didn't notice it? like Because it's not the, like, the yellow and black Tim Burton circular emblem. Not that Tim Burton did first, but still. It's, um, you know, like it's just a normal open black bat symbol, kind of more like the original. Okay, like yeah. year one. Yeah, like year one or Batman Begins. Okay. Um, and, you know, he's got a utility belt, but it's like the comic style where it's like a big pouch mm-hmm. style. It's not like a, a sleek, locked off thing. I actually really like that look. I like it better than the normal look. And they actually kind of brought in those elements when they did the redesign, but <clears throat> that aside. So, um you know, and Alfred reminds Bruce that, you know, although he wants to go out and try and catch Zuko, that he has this kid he needs to look after, like this kid who needs, he needs mm-hmm. guidance, who needs a friend. And, you know, Dick even 
talks to Bruce and he says that he, you know, he feels guilty he didn't stop Zuko because he recognized mm-hmm. him right before they went on to perform and he didn't do anything. And I, that moment between the two of them where Bruce basically tells him like the same thing happened to my parents. I will be perfectly honest, just the slightest, slightest bit of tear well, what, formed. That yes, that that moment was was fantastic. But what I you didn't cry, is, did you, Cameron? I didn't. I'm sorry. God, you're so heartless. <clears throat> I cried in <laughs> other things this week. Um, That's ominous. <laughs> I was watching something the other night. I don't remember what it was anymore. Uh, I'm sure it was just, a cartoon. It, oh, of course it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was um the the chat between Alfred and Bruce in the flashback. I thought was great because. We all know that, like, obviously Bruce relates to Dick on a very special level. Like, you know, they've both been through such a traumatic incident. They both want revenge on some form. They both want to help. But it's actually Alfred that I feel knows the most about this situation. Like, he knows what what Dick needs because he already went through this with Bruce. Yeah. And he can't be the same figure to dick obviously alfred was the father figure to bruce and that wasn't really enough no so he's like revenge is great but what he needs is a friend yeah and that was a very big moment i think because like alfred knows that like he's not just talking about dick he's you know he's talking about both of them yeah they need that companionship yeah he he kind of steers Bruce back on the right track. And we'll see that that all that whole idea kind of comes full circle at the end of the whole thing. So but it, it was a it was a really nice moment and you know Bruce even says like the the hurt doesn't go away but it gets better. Yeah. And we then go to the present when Robin is on the radio with Batman being like you can't leave me out of this like I've been trying to catch Zuko for 10 years like he's mine you can't leave me behind. And Batman just says no stay there stay out of it. I don't want you here. And Robin smashes the radio and he tells Alfred, like, I'm, I'm done listening to him. Like maybe for the last time ever, am I going to listen to him Mm -hmm. and hops on the bike off he goes. And, uh, that's actually basically it for, for part one. It's basically all just set up. There was, there was one line that I thought was hilarious Hmm. and it's when he's, uh, kind of threatening Cromwell, Stromwell, Cromwell. Um, and he's like he batman gets right up in his face and he says i'll he's like if you don't tell me where your nephew is i'll be grumpy oh yeah very grumpy and i'm like it's so hard to be intimidating when you use that kind of language i'll be a real grumpy with you yeah cracked knuckles cracks knuckles yeah yeah it didn't it didn't really quite work uh so just this episode alone little little bits of trivia here so we talked about the fact that it's basically pretty close rehash of the original appearance of Robin. Um, I guess for me, it was the scene when Bruce is talking with Dick that got me a little teared up. But I guess for Bruce Tim, it's when Dick is saying goodbye to the rest of his circus friends. Oh, yeah, that that was. A, yeah, that's the scene that I guess gets him. And it, mm-hmm. it is a really touching scene. I mean, we kind of glossed over it. Yeah, basically, he has to leave the circus to go live with Bruce. And he has to say goodbye to the, what's kind of left of his family of yeah. sorts, um, which is pretty tough. And I thought it was interesting. So I guess his uh, dick, when he's a circus performer, his costume is inspired by his golden age circus performance, but apparently also Astro Boy. I can see that. Yeah. Like yeah. specifically like the really white pupiled eyes. Mm-hmm. Was, and I was like, oh, that's that's kind of cool. Never seen Astro Boy. Oh, that's great. I figured you had. 
1960. It's one of the first uh, anime that made its way to the U.S. Oh, see, there you go. Well, that makes sense. That Actually, no, it was before 60, because Speed Racer was the thing that made kind of anime popular in America. Ah, oh, Speed Racer. I, I love Speed Racer. 1963 is a good one. Yeah, you know your animation. I always think you got, you got that covered. Um, and I guess this also, along with uh, Heart of Ice, won an Emmy. Yeah. Which, deservedly so. Mm-hmm. And I, I, obviously, the, the, the resolution and a lot of the the real action stuff happens in the next episode. But mm-hmm. I mean, just watching this, this is like a flawless episode in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like I, I normally go through and I have little things to nitpick and point out. Mine I don't, is just the grumpy part. Just the grumpy part. Yeah. I don't have anything like this is a really mm-hmm. great episode. Like there was, there was a scene that we also kind of glossed over, which I thought was really cool. And it's uh Bruce undercover playing. Oh uh, yeah. Playing we, craps. Yeah. With the various scum of Gotham and, I thought that was hilarious, and it was an all, it was a great scene where one he's doing whatever he can to get information, and two like it's so early in his career they didn't even they they didn't even guess it was Batman. Yeah, they thought it was some police officer. Yeah, that's right. They're intrigued. Oh, are you like Officer Smith? Yeah, Sergeant Smith. Um, yeah, because I think Batman's kind of still kind of a myth at this point right i mean obviously it's really early in his career this is 10 years before where yeah the rest of the show is set because even make an allusion to that a little bit in the next episode about you know people don't really know yet about Mm -hmm. batman but i mean so this one ends with that cliffhanger robin riding off disobeying batman's orders Mm -hmm. just he's furious he's gonna do something rash um and so when part two opens up he's tracking the batmobile Batman realizes this, turns off the tracker, and he's left on his own. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, well, I'll track down Zuko like I did when I was a kid. Turn around right back to a flashback where we see Bruce is already starting to kind of teach Dick a little bit. Yeah, you Te- see a much friendlier relationship. Yeah, they have a bond. They're having fun together, teaching him fencing. So we see kind of the, the precursor the to— The generic rich people sport. It, it really quite is. I mean, okay, they could have been like— yachting or something <laughs> like at least at least this has an element of like defense to it yeah like combat so there, there's there's more to it than just that but we've also find out that zuko's desperate that he's just trying to get out of the country as fast as possible because he knows that people are closing in on him and when dick hears this he goes out to try and find him and he ends up coming across uh, a girl who's being harassed by some guy ends up saving her it took me a second you can say what it is what? it's it's a pimp in his hoe i don't think no it was something else I didn't take. Specific- Are you sure? I'm pretty sure it was a pimp in his hoe. No, casually it, it on was, Saturday morning cartoon. No, because I remember it was something other than that. It kind of seemed like it would be, but I'm pretty positive it's not. Actually, I'm pretty sure it was. Okay, we'd have to look it well, up. What do you What do you think it was? I I just I remember it being something other than that. Okay, but I don't remember what it was. I'm not like I'm not trying to. Like, <laughs> no, sorry. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm when am I ever trying the, to be PC? <clears throat> I'm hanging up on the wrong details. Yeah. Scene. But it took me a second. Like the that character looked like someone, and obviously it's not based off this person. But you know who April Richardson is? The the comedian. She does a lot of stuff with Chris Hardwick. Uh, no. Okay. Whatever reason, this character looks a lot like her. Reminded me of her. Nothing to do with anything else. But <laughs> but she takes uh, Dick to a diner where the waitress recognizes Zuko. Because mm-hmm. he's a real shit, and everyone hates him. And he never tips. He never tips. He wouldn't. Such no, of ass. course not. No, I bet Biff doesn't tip either. And so Carl doesn't even pay. Biff just, oh, that's true. Biff is just a dine and dasher. Yeah. What an asshole. So Dick goes off to find Zuko, and they get into like a, a tussle, and Dick falls into Gotham River. Mm-hmm. So when Batman shows up, he has to choose to let Zuko go in order to go and, and save Dick. Yeah. 
Um, and Dick is not happy with that. Decision. No, he's super pissed. He's like, fuck you. You should have gone after chance. Zuko. You had him. You had him and you let him get away. And so Batman's like, get in the Batwing. We're going to go home. Takes him to the Batcave. He's like, man, like this, you know, place is amazing. But again, he's still like pissed. Like, why didn't you do something? Like, you know, I, I need to find this guy. And that's when Bruce decides to reveal himself that, you know, he is Batman and to really bring Dick into his world. And Alfred makes a comment. It's like, okay, like, I guess this is now a permanent thing. It's a permanent thing. Yeah. So that ties up the flashback. And then we're, uh, we're back to the present and Robin's off trying to figure things out for himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes to Dolan's apartment. Dolan was the saboteur from the construction site in the first part. He just hits redial on Dolan's phone and it happens to call Zuko. <laughs> Uh, and he tracks him down to an old amusement park, not currently occupied by the Joker. By the Joker, I, I wrote that down. I said, "Where's the Joker?" <laughs> Where's the Joker? And Zuko's there, and he's he's freaked out because he he's only been in town a short while. And there's already a lot of heat on him. He thinks he hears something above him, so he shoots a whole clip into the ceiling. Doesn't shoot Batman, but the ceiling collapses and Batman falls down and like sprains his knee. Yeah, which I think like. He could. Why can't he just get shot in the leg? They can't show blood. I know, but it's. I know that would make way more it, sense. It really bugged like, me because yeah, they they basically they don't cripple Batman, but they injure him to the point where he's like not function one hundred percent because yeah. he like bangs his knee falling through the ceiling. So he he runs off and hides in the uh, appropriately named sitting duck shooting gallery. Mm-hmm. Where he makes himself a nice little splint. As he's running around, we cut across to Robin, who does a super badass bike jump over a split bridge. Yeah. Because he's, he's in a fucking hurry. He's not stopping for any bridges. Uh, and then Batman's tussing some goons in the carousel. And then Robin shows up, again, in a totally badass fashion, busting through a billboard, grabbing Zuko while still on the motorcycle, dragging him down the pier, only to like skid stop and dismount and charge at him. Holy shit. He means business. He's, yeah, he's ready to kill. He's like, got murder in his eyes. Yeah. Robin, often treated kind of comically when he needs to be, especially the Dick Grayson version, total badass. Mm-hmm. And he's a badass right here. Well, did you also notice the voice change? Yeah. Yeah. So he's normally kind of light. Yeah. He has a very, not high pitch, but, you know, like my voice. It's not a deep voice. I don't know what you're talking about. That's you talking. <laughs> you talking. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I feel like it was. I don't remember who voices Robin. Uh, something Lester. Lester. But he was like yeah. almost impersonating Conroy. Like he was trying to get that oh, Batman. Okay. Yeah. His voice. I'll give you that. That makes sense. I was going to try to look up the voice, but I'm not going to. Yeah. So like he he's he's out for blood and he's just basically holding Zuko over the, the side of the pier mm-hmm. where he could fall to possibly his death. But probably. I mean. Maybe not, but I mean, he, we assume it's his death. Yeah. He's, he's ready to do it. And, you know, Batman tells him to not let, you know, don't let your emotions make your decisions. And he's like, Robin's response is like, how could you possibly understand? And he realizes instantly like, Oh, right. You, (laughs) all right. You, you, you do, you do understand. And so Robin chooses to walk away Mm -hmm. and the police get Zuko. And then Robin tells Batman, you know, you, you were right to keep me away. And what, in a moment that I really loved, you know, Batman says that it, it wasn't he wasn't worried that Robin would take things personally and go too far. He was worried that Zuko would take Robin. Zuko would finish the job. Yeah. yeah. Take Robin from him, too. And which, I, you know, it's like a, it's an actual it's a real moment coming from from Batman, which we don't it, it's the most always get fatherly figure moment we've had from him. Yeah. 
it's and even the way that he even the way Conroy delivered that line like you yeah. could like you could feel the like worry in his voice of like I I don't know what I would do if he got you yeah it's like it, it wasn't it for Batman it was basically it was it was another loss that he just couldn't mm-hmm. couldn't deal with which I mean obviously in the comics yes he, he just loses Robins left and right yeah not so much in but this is also his first Robin yeah. There's a there's a, a very interesting in my in my Batman psychology book, there's a very interesting chapter about the sibling rivalry of the Robins. Okay. And just kind of the, the psychology of sibling rivalry mm-hmm. and how each of them individually are always only children. Um Oh yeah, I guess that is true. Also, minus Stephanie Brown, they all are supposed to look like a young Bruce. We see this this version of animated Dick has very similar facial features to young Bruce. He does, yeah. And it's a very it's on purpose. It's supposed to be Bruce sees himself in these characters, mm-hmm. not just emotionally, but like he's literally looking in a mirror. Yeah. He sees these kids. And it was really interesting seeing like Dick Grayson doesn't deal with the sibling rivalry like the rest of them because he came so much earlier. Like we see in throughout the comics, we see dick grow up more than any other character like uh in his time as the teen wonder we physically see him grow five years in five actual years Mm -hmm. uh and when he's with teen titans it's the same thing the entire group ages with reality Mm -hmm. but yeah it's it's very interesting um well and he was the one he got out of it first right so he he chose to leave batman and then other Robins kind of came in over time. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't living in anyone's shadow other than Batman's. <clears throat> you yeah. want to get out of it. But he never had any reason to have that kind of rivalry. And well, well, then I think Jason Todd kind of famously had the most that's more of that idea of living in someone's shadow. Yeah. Fuck that up. Well, even in um, more recent comics, like uh, did you ever read Red Robin? No, I haven't. Did you, Trevor, did you ever read Red Robin? A little bit. Okay. So this is the series when the odd series when Batman vanishes from the timeline uh, and they're trying to fill his spot. So Dick becomes Batman. Yeah. Damien becomes Robin. And on the side, Tim Drake becomes red Robin. That's right. Where he basically drives himself mad, trying to keep up with like trying to be the next Batman. Mm -hmm. Like he's so furious that Dick kind of elected himself to be this role when he was, he sees himself as the best Robin. Yeah. And like this well, was his title. In some ways, he is because through circumstance, Dick became Robin, and then Batman kind of to basically in some ways to fill that void brought in in Jason. But Tim Drake was the first one to figure it out. Like he figured out that Bruce Wayne was Batman, mm-hmm. and he he was like, "You need a Robin. Like you need someone to be your counterpoint." And he yeah. basically just told Batman, "Like you have no choice. I'm going to be your Robin." And so maybe more so than the others, he really earned that title. So yeah, it totally makes sense that he would kind of be pissed about it. It's kind mm-hmm. of like, well, I guess Dick, you get it because you're the oldest, but like that doesn't mean necessarily the most qualified for it. Right. That being said, I mean, he is kind of a great Batman. Yeah. Like I've read some of that run. I need to read all of it. Mm-hmm. It's a great dynamic when Dick's Batman and Damien's Robin. Right. Yeah, I read. I read most of that series. Yeah, Damien, little psychopath running yeah. around trying to kill people, and it has to be. Batman, the one who's calming down Robin. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Do you like Damien in general? Like, what's your attitude towards him? Um, indifferent. Okay. I don't really have an opinion 
either way. Yeah, I've only His read animated th- presence is weird. <clears throat> There's a couple animated films of him. Oh yeah, like Son of Batman and Bad Blood and stuff. Mm-hmm. Those are kind of on the the lesser side of the yeah. the animated features they've done. But yeah, I mean, I think Robin is kind of most famously Dick Grayson. Yes, through and through. Um, we said he eventually does become Nightwing and then Batman and then Agent of Spiral, mm-hmm. which I haven't read. So I have a question for you. Okay. What is the best live action Dick Grayson slash Robin? Is it Burt Ward? Is it Chris O'Donnell? Is it, we'll count it, Joseph Gordon-Levitt in The Dark Knight Rises? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Or is it the empty suit in Batman versus Superman? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> I mean, the empty suit is, is a strong contender. It's a strong contender. It had the least time to fuck up. But Although technically to it's Jason be fair, Tom, but. Uh, what does he call it? Uh, like clean foo, laundry foo. Chris uh, in uh, oh, Batman Chris O'Donnell, Batman Forever. When, so is that Batman Forever? When he's doing the laundry and he's like making it like a kung fu film. Yeah, that might be my favorite scene in that movie. I mean, it's so absurd. It's amazing. It's <laughs> it's so fantastic. He's like swinging his socks like nunchucks, and he like for some reason isn't wearing shoes and squeezes the water out of his pants between his toes like that's not because some hygienic because somehow wayne manor doesn't have a dryer and alfred is standing right next to him yeah and alfred just like just let me do my job just, just let me do this you're what, getting you're what, making a mess what are you doing <laughs> yeah i i still feel like we really haven't gotten a good version of robin in a live action movie yeah i, I mean the 60s version the burt ward version is very much that version of that character right. kind of it, it, it's it's silly he he he's basically just there to do what his original purpose was it's basically there so someone in batman can explain to someone what's going on yeah because it's not like he's ever super involved in the crime fighting in a lot of ways he's definitely not the badass that robin can be right yeah the chris O'Donnell thing um, is, jesus i think the best representation of like the power of robin and kind of his unique skill set is in uh under the red hood yeah um, no i agree i mean yeah the the animated versions have always done a much much better job so along that lines what is, this can be tough for you what is the best animated version is it this dcau teen titans oh god you know the teen batman titans holds such a special place in my heart the batman young justice or let's just assume it's going to be possibly the lego batman version uh, why I don't want to assign it to the Lego Batman version yet. As much as I love Michael Sarah, yeah, I'm um, excited for that. But I, I mean, for you though, Teen Titans versus Young Justice, you love both of those. So what I was going to bring up uh, after this was Young Justice did their own interpretation of this episode, which I love, where it's um Zuko is back, and so they act as carnies. Oh, to weasel their way into yeah. the circus again. Mm-hmm. What I love about that episode is it like we talked about bruce tim's favorite point of this episode or this two-parter is him saying goodbye to all the the crew of the circus yeah and the young justice young justice episode of this you actually do like they the whole thing is him reconnecting with his old circus pals yeah and there's a moment at the end of the episode or yeah towards the end of the episode where dick goes to the um ringleader he's like Stuff is going on. I can't tell you why I know this, but I know something bad is going to happen. And the ringleader's like, well, Dick, obviously, like, you know, you're Robin. 
Yeah. He's like, how did you know? He's like, I watched you grow up. Like you were like the closest thing I had to a son. Obviously I'm going to know when a Grayson is back on the trapeze. Like you guys did it so much better than anyone else. And I I loved that moment in that Mm -hmm. series. It was, it's a very emotional moment for Robin. Yeah. So now going back to favorite animated Robin. You love Teen Titans and Young I Justice. Do. So I, I, I knew do. asking this question would be tough. That's, they all that's have, why I wrote it down. They all have single episodes which I, which I love so much. Like Obviously, this two-parter, we see an older, more mature Robin. Teen Titans is him kind of coming into the leadership role. And my favorite episode from that is The Master, where he finally fights someone that's better at martial arts than him. And he can't handle it mentally, so he goes to find like the great, the greatest master in the world to train him. And it's a very much like Karate Kid episode, and I loved it so much. Yeah. And also like the side story where the other members of the Teen Titans are bored, and so they are they all dress up as Robin, <laughs> uh, and like play with his gadgets is one of my favorite oh, like I think I remember that stories one. ever. Yeah. And also Young Justice, they go over both. There's both um, Tim Drake and dick grayson yeah i specifically only referenced ones that were dick grayson versions it was it had to be dick grayson as robin at some point Mm because like you know like you know patrick harris obviously was nightwing nightwing and you could have there like there are a lot of versions of nightwing too but i was like okay specifically dick grayson as robin what was your best i have to go teen titans yeah i figured yeah uh, it's there's too much embedded in my in my past of just that character no, I totally get it. Like, I, I I, think I've seen most of the Teen Titans. I own it all if you want to watch it. I, I do need to sit down and watch it at some point. Maybe that'll be our, in four years' time, that'll be our next podcast. Yeah. Titan Talk. <laughs> but, yeah, I I do remember it being really good. Mm-hmm. And I didn't watch Young Justice for a long time, and then I finally did earlier this year, because I was like, I can't be as good as the DCAU. And I, storytelling-wise and character-wise, it absolutely is. I switched. God damn it. Young, I, I have to go. <laughs> There's so much more conflict, and you it's a more fleshed out character, it especially because like he's young in that story. He's twelve or yeah, twelve or fourteen. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, because it's a world. five year. Jump? Yeah, it's a five year gap. Yeah, between from, seasons one and two. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot happens that five years. Well, whatever. But that that story arc of him thinking he's the best and he deserves the leadership position and fighting. Um, called the rum yeah uh aqua lad for that spot is i don't know i love that because you like dick is obviously kind of arrogant yeah and i think that's the best i think that's the best representation of dick grayson as robin no that's fair i i think i'm gonna have to go for me with this version um one because i just have more context with this than the others mm-hmm. but i think for me too with teen titans and Young Justice, although they're treating it like Robin as a character, in some ways he also becomes the Batman proxy. Mm-hmm. So he becomes the arrogant, conceited, smart one, right? So like like in the Teen Titans, when they go up against Slade, like he's the one who, he does the thing that Batman would do, which is basically betray his own teammates in the name of trying to do the Good. right thing, yeah. right? So he becomes that kind of Batman role. And although Batman has a presence not in Teen Titans but in Young Justice, I think I like this better because I like the dynamic between the two of them. That I think he he's interesting when he grows up and gets to be his own person, but I like the way they handle the two of them together. And I like the way, too, that 
this like the part one starts out with them being really close and having you know fun banter back and forth, and it ends with Robin defying him, and it's we get that beginning of the the sense of why he ultimately leaves to go off and become Nightwing in the the DCAU. So I'm gonna go with that one, but uh, I totally respect your decision. Okay, to go with Young Justice. Like I said, there's like single episodes of every series that I love. Yeah, uh, there's one point in this episode, which is why I think it's the best might be the best probably it's the best robin story because dealing with the flashbacks kind of looking into their meaning this isn't a robin origin story this is a dick grayson healing story yeah the flashbacks end as soon as he finds out that bruce is batman the whole line of the flashbacks is it starts with the death the loneliness and then bruce coming into the life coming into his life and starting that healing starting the the closure Mm mm-hmm you never see Robin training. You never see him trying on the suit. I thought that was a very smart way to show the character. Yeah. Is Batman didn't make him Robin. Batman helped him overcome his pain. No, that's a really good point. Yeah, I, I think I think this is also the best version of his... Again, it's not quite an origin, but it, it, it shows where he kind of comes from and how he gets brought into Batman's world, which... Mm-hmm can be a hard thing to do well. I mean, look at Batman Forever didn't do it very well. Like, you kind of have to come up with a justification for why this loner would want to bring in this kid and endanger him. And one of my favorite comics is Dark Victory, mm-hmm. which follows along Halloween. And in that one, it kind of uses the loss of Harvey Dent as an ally, as a motivation for Bruce to bring in someone else that he trusts. It's mm-hmm. kind of like he basically rediscovers trust and friendship that he lost with Harvey through Robin, which I love, but I, I agree with you. I think this does the best version of it um, by making it, like you said, it's not just, it's not information. It's not exposition. It's an arc. Yeah. He gets a really good arc out of it. I do have little bits of uh, Robin trivia, but do you have other, I feel like you've got some more media stuff to talk about here. Uh, nope. I talked about everything that I underwent no? in the book. Well, just real quick. It's kind of a pseudo bat plug. You, you have with you uh, Batman and psychology. Yeah. Who's the author on that? Um, because uh, our audience, Travis Langley. Travis Langley. Okay, our audience might be interested in checking that out. I should actually mm-hmm. check it out. It looks kind of cool. It is really cool. He kind of goes over all the characters and groups them by their psychosis. So, like last week, we talked about Mad Hatter, mm-hmm. and it's literally just a chapter called "The Crazies." And it's <laughs> Mad Hatter, Joker, and Harley Quinn, and then you have like the scientists. You know, it's Poison Ivy, Mister Freeze, blah 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 blah. Yeah, uh, Cr- uh, Crane, Scarecrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all. It's awesome. Does uh wait does Joker get his own chapter? Or is he just factor? Is he lumped in with the crazies? He's just lumped in with the crazies. Okay, as would I assume Harley and mm-hmm. okay, yeah. So Dick Grayson in particular at this point is a a huge character in comics. He's not just Robin. Like I said, he's been Nightwing and this other stuff. Uh, I did see that. I guess he was ranked as number eleven on all time greatest superheroes. As Nightwing, or sorry, as Robin, or as just Nightwing? Dick Grayson as a character was okay, listed as okay. like yeah. But I also enjoyed that apparently Comics Alliance ranked him as the sexiest male character yep. in comics. Which I have to say, I agree. My my friend Lauren will agree with that fact. Yeah, a hundred times through. Absolutely. Uh, I looked at the rest of that list actually because I was very curious. Batman surprisingly low. He was like way up at like forty nine, forty eight. Interesting. Well, or no one like wants that. like that dark of a. No, I'm totally going yeah. with Robin. I mean, like, yeah, he's got the money, but yeah, he also has the best ass in comics. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, he's the only one that gets the. Uh, there was that controversy a couple months ago about the Spider Woman. I think oh, Spider Woman. Yeah, like the or just, it was Spider Woman or Batgirl. Um, no, it was Spider Woman was just drawn in this like 
physically impossible, completely gratuitous way. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Like two weeks later, it was Dick was or night. No, it was when he was a secret agent when that series started. Yeah. There was another cover. I think it was a variant of like mm-hmm. Dick also in the like ass out kind of twisting yeah. way that you can't actually twist. Oh, right on. Yeah. I, I love it too. Cause I haven't read it, but I've seen the panel from, uh, it was either the, the agent of spiral or it's a midnighter comic, but basically midnighter recognizes Robin or recognizes that it's Dick Grayson from his ass. It's good. It's just so, so fucking fantastic. I absolutely love it. I basically just wanted to take a few minutes to talk about his ass. Yeah. Dick butt. Dick butt. Yeah. <laughs> I always got to squeeze in the memes. Um, that's beautiful if uh if we get a chance to do like a one-off episode about something Mm -hmm. the rise and fall and rise again of the sidekick world Mm -hmm. i think is one of the most interesting stories in comics oh where like obviously robin was the first and then when that when batman became the best-selling comic of the 40s every other superhero at the time immediately got a sidekick yeah like even the no-name like obviously like Captain America got Bucky a couple months yeah, Bucky, later. Bucky, like Kid Flash, Speedy. Yeah, Speedy. A Green Arrow got Speedy. Human Torch, when he had his own series, had a sidekick named Toro. What? Uh, yeah. Did he also have Firebase powers? Yeah. What the fuck? Sandman had Sandy. Of course he did. Uh, Aquaman had Aqualad. Yeah. And like, there's so many sidekicks. And in the 60s, when Marvel came in and became the powerhouse, and it gave us these relatable characters... DC was plummeting immensely and there were writers from Marvel that went over to DC and they gave them the, the teen, like the sidekicks. So mm-hmm. that's when we got teen Titans and young justice became huge storylines. Yeah. And that those stories saved DC in the late sixties, oh, early right. 70s. Yeah. I, like I said, I want to go into this story, but it's yeah. so fascinating. I, yeah, we should do like a, like a bonus episode at some point. Mm-hmm. So I would love to have you talk through that whole thing. Cause I know a little bit about it, mm. but it's fascinating shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sidekick saved DC. I've That's t- so I'd cool. completely forgotten about that, but yeah. Okay. I think we're going to have to book that at some point and do that. Cause that'd be really cool. Yeah. But for now, I think that will be it for Robin. I'm not sure if he even comes back again for a little while. I don't think so. I don't know. I could look it up. But I'm not going to. That's a lot of work. I'm not even sure what. Oh, wait, I can look up real fast what our next. Ah, uh, so our next episodes will be The Laughing Fish with Joker and Harley mm-hmm. and Night of the Ninja with. It sounds like it's a great one. Generic villain of the week. Mm-hmm. This should be great. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to pop it on you this time. Do you have a bat plug? I do. So uh, last week I mentioned that I was watching Thunderbirds or Go on Amazon. Right now I'm, I'm trying to watch a lot of Amazon stuff. Mm-hmm. So I've also been watching Transparent, oh, which is Jeffrey Tambor's show. Right. Incredible. Is it awesome? Absolutely incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's it's heavy. Like mm-hmm. it's it's heavy. It's very melancholy. It's very heavy at times. Like I'm just kind of constantly sad as I'm watching it. Yeah. But the, the storytelling is incredible. It's also weirdly darkly funny at a lot of points too it just and the the cast they put together is absolutely incredible so like other than jeffrey tambor i'm not super familiar with the rest of the main cast but they have like rob hubel and katherine hahn i know and and just like absolutely incredible people that are in kind of like supporting level roles Mm -hmm. um it's great i I highly recommend anyone go check it out that's awesome yeah so how about you 
talked last week. I started Danny Phantom, finished that in about three days. Of course you did. So good. Guys, it's so good. How many episodes are there? There's three seasons. I'm going to guess 60-ish episodes. Okay. Yeah, you can burn through that in three days. Yeah. I don't do anything else in my life. Yeah. Um, Which is actually the furthest thing from the truth because you're one of the busiest <laughs> people I know. But anyways, um, I'm still astounded you find time to watch these episodes, do this podcast and make art for it every week. So yeah. what have I been doing? I started a list. I've been trying to get in, in more into audiobooks again mm-hmm. and getting into like old movies that I know were based off books. Uh, and so I've okay. been listening to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, which I love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, yeah, it's uh, narrated by Stephen Fry. God, he's who the also, best. I think it's funny, he also does the narration in the movie. Oh, he uh, does. Yeah, That's right. Which I think it's hilarious. So I just imagine that I'm watching the movie. But it's, uh, I love that story so much. I feel like it was a very underrated movie that came out in like 2005. It was very forgotten. Yeah, I saw the movie before I ever read the book. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I never finished the book. Well, there's four books. I never finished. Yeah, the first yeah, one. The first yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the movie. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe diehard fans didn't quite take to it. I'm not sure why it didn't. Neither do I. It I was also know. like Martin Freeman's like breakout role, yeah. in my well, I mean, opinion. Zoe Deschanel's in it too. Yeah. Most Def. The great Sam Rockwell, yeah. Safe by Bebel Brocks. Um <coughs> who's the the uh Marvin the robot is Alan Rickman. Um, Alan Rickman. Oh. Uh the computer is voiced by um Oh my god, who's the our favorite comedian uh tom he's an executive producer on at midnight he oh tom is, lennon thank you tom lennon tom is lennon's the voice, the of, the voice the computer. of the computer really? yeah holy shit right it's like it's amazing it's such a good movie yeah i should go rewatch that yeah it's good yeah how's Audio the book? book audiobook's awesome is it good it is it is a little weird because there's a lot of just like nonsense words and science but you you get you get accustomed to it. You they say it enough where you remember. All right, that's what a Zordon is. That's what. Oh okay, yeah, yeah. They wait, don't write wait, poetry. Zorgon. Zorgons. Yeah, I don't remember. Are, are you sure there's Zor- are they? No, that I made up a different word. Okay, that's yeah. from a different sci-fi universe. Yeah, that's probably out there somewhere. Well, Zordon is. Well, Zordon, but Zorgon. Yeah. 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 Who's Zordon? Zordon's Power Rangers. Yeah. Thank you. I was making sure you were you asking me or I, no, you? I was quizzing you. Okay. Yeah, Zordon is the original founder of the Power Rangers. Yeah, I I'm familiar with Zordon. Just making sure. Yeah. He'll be played by Brian Cranston in the I new movie. About that. The the more that comes out about that movie it looks absolutely terrible. Like I, the trailer looks fine, but then every time they put out like this is what the Zords look like. This oh, is what, I don't even care. I'm gonna spend it's, so it's, much money on that movie. It's, oh, it's gonna be so terrible. Oh, sad times. Oh, the 90s. Great times, guys. Nostalgia. So, but I think that wraps it up for this week. Uh, thank you once again to Trevor Reese for coming down and be your audio engineer. Check out his podcast, The Podcast of Two Worlds. And uh, I'm at Lordifer on all social media things, if you care, which you shouldn't. I'm at Cameron Dexter. And the podcast is at Tim Talk Bud. So we'll be back next week with Laughing Fish and Night of the Ninja. Yeah. Yeah. Until then, thanks, guys. Yep. Thank you. Bye.